This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Subscribe to the Hit That Line podcast network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. And then if Arkansas slips on the banana peel again against Missouri and cattle on the other side, you're just going to feel worse about it. So, I mean, yeah, you hate Texas. You don't like burnt orange. You know, I get it. But you don't have to play them. I mean, it'd be much worse to me in my mind if he was part of the solution of beating you somehow next year. It could be worse philosophy. I, I think that holds some weight here. I know I'm curious to see how Clay, when we ask him about this on Thursday, what he thinks about that. I think it's just the the idea of one of your what you thought was one of your best players going to still, I guess, your most hated rival or at least for a lot of our listeners, still the most hated rival. But again, what you said, the fact that you don't play him is that it's just the you don't like the feel. I, I get it, but, I mean, if he's going to share company secrets with his next team, which every player does, mm-hmm. I don't want it someone on my schedule. I mean, I don't know that that played like with LSU this year. You think that played a big factor in, in that game? I don't know, but that was a tight ball game, and a couple of former players being on that side in their defensive secondary, it, it didn't help your cause any either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just Texas doesn't bother me the way – a team on the schedule would. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know for Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché, who likely grew up as Tiger fans being Louisiana kids, it made sense that they went back. I don't know if Jalen grew up a Texas fan, but that's where he's going back. You also had Malik Hornsby announced yesterday that he's going to Texas State. Made that uh, known yesterday. So hopefully the best wishes to Malik and him going down. Is that Tarleton? You know where Texas State is? I, that, that may be right. Here, here's what I was told last week by someone that's got their ear pretty low to the ground. He was scheduled to go last weekend to Vegas to UNLV for an official and, and check that place out. When Petrino bolted for A&M, he canceled he the canceled trip. canceled it. Makes sense. But Texas State's a far cry from Fayetteville. 
But I, I, and and I think it, it, and I don't know this. This is this is me, you know, drawing a conclusion that that I have nothing to back it up with. When he got in the portal and saw that Texas State was his best option, you think there was part of him that probably wanted to go back to Coach Pittman and say, "Mother, may I? Can I please come back home?" You know, but after going into the portal not once but twice, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. So he had already had Jacoby Criswell in place. There was, yeah, I'm not even sure. It, he may not have ever voiced that, but you got to know somewhere in the back of his mind, like, what have I done to myself? It's probably thinking What that. have I done? Probably thinking that a little bit. Let's go to the phone lines. Welcome in Jimmy, who's in Conway this morning. Good morning, Jimmy. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Good morning. Hey, I, I wish Malik well. I mean, maybe that's a place he can actually play some quarterback. I'm with you. I hope so. I'm with but you. I, I need you guys to break down something for me here. With, with all the guys that we've lost in the portal – and the guys that's graduated, how many players are we down just to get back to a, a full roster? How many more guys do we need to get out of the portal or, you know, sign from high school just to get back even? That's what I'm wondering at this point. How many guys do we need? Thanks. Appreciate it, Jimmy. So I think you're at 24, 25 opt-outs. You're at seven commits out of the portal and then 23 high school signees x um, equals what <laughs> you're doing algebra over there right? no, i think it's suit. somewhere around eight to ten but Pittman's already said he's going to hold two or three scholarships till after spring one thing to remember jimmy there's another portal period following mm-hmm. spring practice so in arkansas will have more players that decide it's just not going to be here for me. It ain't going to work out, and they're going to move on. And there's there's probably been conversations, I would guess, between position coaches, maybe new position coaches and players that, hey, let's go through spring together, then we'll have an honest conversation and go from there. So you also got to remember it's not over, over, over right now for next year, uh, and your roster's not set in, in finality because there is another portal period later on in the spring. Mm-hmm. And I think it was actually. But I think that number to answer your question, Jimmy, somewhere between eight and ten right now, depending on how many scholarships Coach Pittman wants to hold back mm-hmm. for that period as well. And they're still waiting on Shamar Easter's decision, who did not sign in the early signing period. He's still deciding between South Carolina and Dow Loggins and Arkansas, someone else to keep an eye on. Uh, four-star tight end out of Ashdown. So when it comes to high school kids, I think that's one of the the few that they're kind of waiting on. And I think the. Oh, what's the prize? Mitchell Brothers from the, the kids that were getting recruited to UCF by Coach Williams, and they're deciding between Maryland and Arkansas, too, if I remember that right. It's Williams or Mitchell mm-hmm. Brothers. I can't remember. but they're twin Maryland line- or Arkansas? They're twin I linebackers that um, that are still uh, making their decision later on in the, the real signing period. It, are we going to see this early signing period eradicated this year, or is it still going to take a year? You think if the decision well, there's a process. Made. I mean, and I think you also got to figure out a clean mechanism to get kids on campus early because one thing you don't want to sacrifice, and they had, it was called a financial aid agreement, I believe was the proper terminology. They used this before the early signing period that you could prepare yourself out of high school to come to college early and enroll in January. That way you could participate in spring. You want your cake and eat it, too, if you're Sam Pittman or any other football coach. I want I want my hands on these guys early. I want them in my off-season program. I want to put the, the, the right 20 pounds on them before spring practice, all of those things. 
as long as they can get that ironed out, and I think you could probably just go back to the old way of doing it, you just eliminate it. I wish there was an early signing period in, say, late August or you, you open up a three-day window prior to the high school season, maybe early August. I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any appetite for that at all. Mm-hmm. I think if a player wants to sign, he knows where he wants to go, he should be, um, you know, and obviously he can publicly commit. But that doesn't mean the cards and the letters and the phone calls and the text stop. And, you know, I I, I, I think there ought to be a, a time where you could just go ahead and make it official. But doesn't seem to be any appetite for that. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're talking about Texas and Jalen Catalan. You missed it. He's That's where he's committed. We'll talk about this Cal situation in Texas. Now, their AD, Crystal Aconte, in addition to Cal, said they haven't talked to anybody. Now, that doesn't mean their agents haven't talked to anybody. They're very coy. They're very smart about how they discuss this. Lincoln Riley was the same way with the stuff going on with USC and Oklahoma. Is that a move that you could see him making with Kentucky struggles the last three to four years when it comes to postseason basketball? He's got a, I think, the number one recruiting class with him right now. There's one legacy Kentucky player whose dad played or dad or uncle played with the Wildcats at some point. But a lot of these kids, I think, would jump ship from Lexington to Austin to follow Cal. Is that something you could see him doing? Here's the the thing that you'd have to be close enough to Cal to me to figure out. Could he go from being the big man on campus in Lexington? I mean, basketball's the king there. He is the king. I don't care if it's John Calipari or, or, or who runs that basketball program. It's always going to be secondary to a 6-6 six and six Texas football team. Would he welcome and relish giving up that spotlight? Or is that not in his DNA? You know, in Kentucky, the, the the light burns very bright there. Maybe he's grown tired. That That's one thing I think about when you move from Kentucky to Texas. Both are big spots. Both are big programs. Both have plenty of money. They're, you know, resources aren't an issue. But there's no question what's the most important thing to the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. There's not any question what's the most important thing to the University of Texas. And the, and the answer is not basketball like it was in the previous uh, statement. So can he deal with that? Would, would he want to be in that situation? What coaches don't want is to get fired. And he's got this lifetime contract. I don't know what yeah. all of that means legally. I mean, what what does that mean? They fire him. You owe him money. You owe him $5 million a year. The rest of his life. I don't know what that means. But um, I haven't read the fine print on that. But could I see him making that move? Yes. Do I think coaches run their course? Yes, and I think he has probably run his course. And you need you, sometimes you just need new faces and new places. He may be at that point. Change of scenery. Travis Bartum of 24-7 Sports thinks there's a possibility that he could end up taking this job. Now, you brought up that thing, which I, I think with the Texas and Kentucky jobs, which I think holds weight. How does that relate to Arkansas with football still being the king of this state, but basketball is not far behind? Like, I've always wondered when people say that about, because Arkansas football is still the lifeline of this state, and it's really the Razorbacks as a whole. But basketball gained such a following under Sudden and Richardson that it, it didn't get to that level, but it's about as close as it gets to SEC schools outside of what goes down to Lexington, Kentucky. I would agree, and I don't think Eric Musselman's program lives in any shadow to the football program. So uh, 
when they're good, you know, there's tremendous turnout, ticket support, conversation. Um, when they're not as good and they're more more like they were under Pelfrey and Mike Anderson, we talk a lot more football during January and February yeah. around the coffee table, the barber shop, and the morning rush. So, uh, it, because that's what interests us. Uh, but when basketball has, is really good, like we've seen the last couple of years, in Elite Eight runs, it, it takes all the oxygen in the room during its season. Okay. No question. So here would be my next question. Texas, that. it's not that way. Cal bolts and goats to Austin. Why is Mitch Barnhart, Kentucky's athletic director, not picking up the phone immediately and calling Eric Musselman's agent as his first call? Why is that? Okay, let not- me answer your question with a question. Why wouldn't Mitch Barnhart pick up the phone and call Nate Oates as his first call? I mean, I'm not saying most of them great postseason, postseason, postseason. Yeah, but they post-season. want they want a coach at Kentucky with a resume of, and not that no, Oates does either. So don't, don't miss here. They want Final Fours and national championships. They, they don't consider they've made a great hire unless they're bringing someone in with with rings and Final Four appearances already. They're not, they're not looking to hire a coach to get his first Final Four appearance at Kentucky. Okay, that's fair. So I mean, Williams. So is who not, would that be? You know. Well, that's the that's the whole thing. Williams is out. We got Roy Williams is gone. Kay's gone. It's not like there's this massive list. I'm gonna give you the name I'd call if, if, if that's your resume. If that's if that's your criteria. Do you agree that Kentucky fans want someone with championship pedigree, Final Four pedigree, ready to go? That's hard to dispute. That yes. So Phil Self. That's who you call because the Big 12 situation, that conference situation, Kansas kind of being hung out to dry a little bit. Who knows what the world, what world they're going to live in? I'm plugging Bill Self if that's my criteria. Okay. Who just won the national championship, whose team this year looks like they're very much could repeat based on the way they played this season. What's he got? Two final or two national championships and three or four final fours? Several several, final fours, yeah. They've, he's the, also got he's also got a runner up when they lost to that Anthony Davis Kentucky team. So if you're Barnhart, what's your pitch to sell? Is that your first start where the Big Twelves and flop? Kentucky doesn't think they have to make a pitch. They just say we're Kentucky. You know, it's kind of like Pamela Anderson in the day. And then there, there there there's nothing I need to say. I just need to show up. I mean, you're Kentucky. What do you need to say if you're Mitch Barnhart? We're gonna pay you a bunch of money. It's. I mean, that that would be the direction because I think that's what the fans would demand. I think okay. that's what the boosters would demand. There is someone of that resume and pedigree. Austin says Kelvin Sampson, who who is getting older, who has a good tracker, mm-hmm. has some skeletons in his closet, coaching wise. Is that a is that a name? I don't that think his Kentucky would fans would be satisfied with is his pedigree and his um, ch- championship resume up to their standards. It's not selfs, if, that, yeah. if that's what you're asking. Yeah. So if self says no, where do you go next? And there's not a, Well, you, I think the, I would go to Nate Oates and Merrick Moss. I mean, I think you want someone familiar with this league. Your criteria makes sense from Kentucky. There's just not a huge... No, because you've pool. had Roy Williams retire. Yeah, you've like had I just said. Coach K retire. I mean, all those guys that fit that are getting out. You know, the, the, you talk about pitch, though. Anymore, the pitch has to begin. Yes, you can just show up with a UK on your chest, and and that that does a lot for most. But this world has also changed, so you better show up with. Here's our collective. Here here's the twelve or fifteen million dollars a year we have 
dedicated coach for your for your NIL fund. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, and, and it's also still a place that agents want to place their players because the top shelf guys, that's how it works anymore. That's what's going on with Nick Smith. That's what's going on with a lot of these guys is their agents funding a lot of this to get them under their under their roof. You know, that, that happens a lot in today's NIL world. Mm-hmm. Well, where's a safe place to put a player? Well, I think that's a, that's a proven track record. I think Arkansas is becoming that place too because of the proven track record of getting players NBA ready. So uh, you want to present all of those things to a coach, but NIL is the biggest thing an AD has to worry about anymore when trying to hire a coach. Got a couple suggestions. Shane says Jay Ride, who's currently doing TV for, I think, Fox or CBS right now. He's a guy that's won two national championships for Villanova. Got a text about Scott Drew for Baylor. Baylor's been really good the last couple of years. They've mm-hmm. won a national championship. Mark Few, I think JT, I mean, as good as a coach as he is, I think he's so entrenched in Gonzaga in Spokane. I, I, maybe Kentucky's the job that gets him to leave, but at least when you stack up resume, that would be a guy that I think that would they'd be okay with. There's only one chance usually to coach Kentucky, and that's a dream of yours, you know, and, and for – Depending on what you grew up, what what program you loved watching, you know, Kentucky's going to be on the short list. Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, UCLA, Kansas are those kind of programs. But I think of of all the situations, you know, Kentucky because of the money in the SEC um, might be at the top of the list moving forward. I mean, UCLA, you think about what their travel is going to look like in the Big Ten in a few years. Yikes. Um, I don't know what that does to their Great recruiting. Uh, that's a, I think at the point that needs to be brought in. And so, that, that's the job I worry about with Musselman. Everybody worries about Kentucky or Texas. The job I worry about is the one that is in his home state, in the you know not very far from where his mother lives. All, all of the things that if, if you're worried about Eric Musselman bolting from a good situation at Arkansas to something else, UCLA is that prized job on the West Coast. So. Of the two jobs that could potentially be open, one is in Texas. I don't think they're going to keep that interim coach. Kentucky could if Cal goes. Which is the job that you would be more worried about Musselman and company bolting for? Is it in Austin or is it in Lexington? I mean, I I don't know how to answer that because I can't crawl into his mind. But Kentucky's still Kentucky. And while UT is great, in a great spot, their basketball program's not on the same level as Kentucky. So I guess if you had to pin me down on what I would do, I can't tell you what Eric Musselman would do or what he would even be thinking. I mean, maybe it's my Arkansas, you know, red-colored glasses on here, but are those programs right now today in worlds of better shape than this one here? Texas just got that new arena. Kentucky's still a better program than Arkansas. That pains me to say, but it's true in almost every facet. It just is. I think that, I mean, it's happened before. Sudden left here. Went Mm -hmm. to Kentucky, said he crawled to Kentucky. I mean, everyone knows that phrase, that statement. Like you said, I don't know what's going on in Eric's head. My my question was, is it world's better? Is it leaps and bounds? And that's that's the better question to ask. You know, I mean... We, we, we can't do anything about the last 50 years, but where are we at in a 12, 24, 36-month snapshot? You could, I, I mean, I could argue Arkansas is in, better, in a better place and better shape than Kentucky today. Now, 
that doesn't, I'm, I'm throwing out heritage and tradition and all of these things. I mean, you just look at what Arkansas's recruited here. Arkansas's got a nicer arena. I've never been to Rupp, but no one tells me how great Rupp is. It's in a, like a mall. It's weird. It, it's, well, and it's old and, and it's not comfortable. It's, it's not as modern, even though the building's 30 years old in Fayetteville. It's, it's far more modern than that one. Um, it's on campus, you know. I just don't think you can sit here. Maybe, maybe it's what I want to see, but I don't know that you sit here and say, man, how could you turn that down? Kentucky's got this, 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 and this that you can't get, don't have, can't recruit. I, well, you know, I don't know. That, that the thing we don't know the answer to that's the difference in any program, I don't care if it's Arkansas, Kentucky, Texas, or any of them, Ole Miss. How much NIL money you got? And that's what, unfortunately, that's what it boils down to a lot at the end of the day. I think basketball, Arkansas is going to be okay. It's still not Kentucky. Like you said, it's not not the question. Kentucky's a better job. If you look at 50 years or five years, still a better job. But what you're, the better question that you just ask is how much better of a job is mm-hmm. it? Because if it's yay big, and for those watching our live stream, just listening right now, if it's a little morsel, or if it's a huge still gap, that's the better question that that Eric and his agent and other stuff, if that job comes open, will ask themselves. Because he at some point will get a call. It might not be the first call, but he will at least get asked by his agent or his agent will be asked, is there mutual interest in this job in Lexington if it comes open? If Cal bolts, that will get asked. And I, I like the Bill Self analogy because I think it's a good one. But this idea that he wouldn't even consider going to Lexington is far-fetched. Listen, if I'm Bill Self's people, I'm his agent, I'm his backroom people doing the back the backwater channels and you know trying to have these conversations with intermediaries, I'm reaching out right now. Now, I understand it's Kansas, mm-hmm. but that whole situation with the future, and I know they're bringing in some other schools, but is is are they really going to be considered amongst the elite conferences moving forward without Texas and Oklahoma? It's a great question to ask. It's hard to, you know, that's, and he's run his course there. I mean, what more can he do at Kansas? Who's there? I mean, <laughs> I know it's, it's Rupp at Kentucky. Who's it's fog Allen. I mean, <laughs> Smith. I, I, I don't know Smith. All, 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 you know, but what more can you do in today's game? Some guys just and gals just like being in their spot. I mean, I think he's from Bartlesville, which is close by. But you know, anyway, it uh, <laughs> if if I'm him and I and I want one more run in a national title or Final Four or two, that those are some opportunities that uh, I'd be thinking about. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
All right, so Stetson Bennett walks away from college football as a two-time national champion and was phenomenal in his final game. Six total touchdowns, over 300 passing yards, 39 rushing yards as well. Here's what he had to say on their execution. Brutal, cold execution. That's what that was. That was stone-cold killer mentality. Stone-cold killer mentality. Georgia wins 65-7. to So now the question becomes, with two national champions on his resume, his final game is a college quarterback, where does he rank against the college quarterbacks you've watched? Now, this doesn't have to just be the past decade or so, but uh, the guys that you've seen step on a college football field that play that position, Tommy, we'll start with you, then we'll welcome in Bruce Stan to Pradco Fishing. Where does he stack up? How do you how do you take two national championships and not put him near the top? But no one, I mean, that's and I think that's what gave him the edge is Everyone dismissed him. Well, he's just a bus driver, you know, to, to, to borrow the old phrase we've used with some of the the Alabama quarterbacks. I, is he amongst the greatest of all times? No, but, boy, I like the way he played with a chip on his shoulder. Is he going to be the next Tom Brady where, you know, he's had to be motivated, um, you know, by all of this doubt and, and underdog scenario? I don't know. I Where do you place him all time? How many college quarterbacks have two national championships? That, well, if I, if a, I, if I say he's list. a mobile A.J. McCarron who also went back-to-back, mm. is that a disrespectful statement, or is it true based on his stats and based on the defense that he got to play with all year? Oh, I think it's probably more true than disrespectful. Okay. So, I, to me, you just count the rings. Scoreboard, big boy. Just look at the scoreboard. Two national championships. Yeah, you had a long ways. You had to go back to JUCO. You couldn't get a scholarship. Trouble making the roster. And not to be too patriotic or get off into, to, but this is what America's all about, right? It is when you're told you can't, but you still can. The land of opportunity. That's what was on the license plate when I was a kid. What about you, Bruce? Well, I mean, again, everybody listening, you got to cap it. I mean, this is this is NCAA college football. It's not what they did in the NFL. So mm-hmm. when you just compare what they did in their college career, he's a winner. Would I say... He was uh, as fun to watch as Tebow, who won a couple of rings, I, I, and a Heisman. I'd, I'd say probably not. I'd say when we watched Tebow, you know, you talked about a dominant power runner. You can remember the little jump passes to the tight end uh, at Florida, and he did it in the SEC as well. So, in my mind, I mean, I think Stetson Bennett's a great player in a great program. They've got it rolling. Uh, but – I don't know if I would say he was as dominant as uh, as maybe Tim Tebow was, in my opinion. No one's mistaking that T. Martin was a better quarterback than Peyton Manning because T. had that national championship. No one's saying that. And, again, I don't want to discredit Stetson because two national championships in college football, back-to-back is two national championships. But he's not better than Burrow. He's not better than Tebow. He's not better than Newton. I mean, there's several guys that we can list just in the past decade or so He's just not a better quarterback then. He had the luxury of the best defense back-to-back years in college football and a team that limited one of the best quarterbacks in the league in all of college football to seven points. Look in the SEC, he's not even the best quarterback in the SEC. Bryce Young's more physically gifted. Tennessee had two quarterbacks that were more physically gifted than Stetson Bennett, but he won two chips, Mm -hmm. and he beat them all every time he played them. That's what it comes down to. So, you know, you got to give him his due. I mean, the guy's gritty. He's tough. Uh, for everybody that watched last night and didn't fall asleep, you know, b- 
before halftime, uh, and he kept gas on the floor the whole game. I mean, he he played a ball game. Matt brings up maybe the Stetson Bennett legacy isn't created if he doesn't come in against Arkansas two years ago and lead them to because you got to remember Arkansas was we were winning that game. DeJuan Mathis didn't do anything that first half. Bumper pool nearly took him out. And then Bennett comes in, kind of calms everybody, and they end up blowing Arkansas out. But I mean, that was that was kind of where it all started right there against Arkansas, which is kind of weird to say, but it's the truth, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, so in the end, I mean, he's going to be always going to be a legend in Georgia. He's he's never going to pay for another drink in in, in Athens again. Nope. He is uh, going to have restaurants and car dealerships and lots of things with his name on it. And he's got what every person should should ever want. He's going to make a ton of money just being himself. I'll and, say, that, and that's the kind of lore he's built for himself. He'll never have to have a real job because he'll make plenty of money just being Stetson Bennett. I, I still say this. If you're drafting a team from scratch out of SEC quarterbacks, right, even right now, he would probably be the third or fourth quarterback taken by most mm-hmm. by most teams. You, you would not use him as the one. I mean, if you got Bryce Young, you know, there, there's a lot of good Jaden Daniels, you know, Hendon Hooker. You, you would not pick him first. Even Will Rogers. And I know what I think separates maybe Stetson from some other Alabama game manager quarterbacks is his mobility which was on display a little bit last night on display against Ohio State. I think that's maybe one area that kind of sets himself apart because he's got like a decent arm. We saw it last night, and he's good at anticipation as well. But he's made some plays with his legs that he had to, not just last night, not just against Ohio State, but Bama last year in the national championship. I think those plays also, you want to give him a little extra tier from the typical McCarron, Coker, McElroy, Alabama mold, that's maybe the little thing that if you want to add to his resume, Tommy. All right, that's your Morning Rush Daily Question brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. So Tommy's got this new thing corked up for you this morning. No one cares about 14 teams in SEC basketball, but we do care about the top half. Now, what have you called it, Tommy? I don't know. I'm searching for a name. I, you know, it, I'm blatantly stealing this from Max Kellerman, who did this with NFL quarterbacks. I thought this would be a good way to display. So imagine a triangle or a pyramid. I like pyramid because I think the y'all beat this. If you can beat this, we'll we'll rename the segment. You can text us with your thoughts. I'm going to call it the pyramid of power. If you can be, if you can beat that, we'll just we'll name it whatever you want to name it. Here's the deal. Imagine a, the top of a pyramid, top of a triangle. We're going to put one team on that shelf. We're going to put two teams in the middle and three on the bottom. So essentially, we're going to rank the top six teams, and we may discuss who should be number six. There may be a few in that. So does that make sense? Yes. Did I want describe to, that well? Why, do why don't we just sponsor it and call it the Pratco Pyramid of Power? Pratco. Done. It. Done. Uh, no more calls, please. We have a winner. Okay. <laughs> do you want to start at the base, or do you want to start at does the Does that pinnacle? cost me more, or is that included? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. It gets snuck into your so, bill, I promise. Creative creative uh, licensing here that we're going to have to... Uh, There's a talent fee for me something. making the graphic. <laughs> something. Have to count for. something. Maybe we can trade it out for more lures or something. I don't know. So, all right, let's start at the top because okay. to me, I mean, there's interesting conversation about who's won in this league. I've got Alabama on the top shelf by themselves right now. Maybe it's because they're, they're coming to Fayetteville and I want to knock the king off the mountain. 
Alabama's number six in the net rankings. They're twelve and two. They got great wins on their resume. Right now, Alabama appears, particularly after beating Kentucky, which is, by the way, not in the Pradco pyramid of power. Uh, <laughs> Poor Kentucky. Yeah, they uh, they they, but they didn't just beat them. They thrashed them. So I've got Alabama all alone on the top of the pyramid of power. I agree. Now with I got that. a Tennessee man in the room. No. Who just put his company's name on the pyramid of power? Any problem with that? No, they've they've got the resume. I mean, you look at their losses. They lost to UConn. They lost to Gonzaga. They have two wins over number one teams. They beat North Carolina and Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, they thrashed Kentucky. I know it got a little close in the second half, but I mean it was a beatdown. Yeah. So yeah, Nate Oates. He's got some freshmen that are getting it done. Uh, they're one and done. They're, they're trouble. When yeah. they when they come up here tomorrow night, you, you better suit the basketball. Listen to this front line. Six nine, six ten, seven feet. Yeah, and they're not they're not stand still low post people. I mean they can move. Lottery, Clowney's gonna be one of the best freshmen in the league, and then Bediaco he abused Oscar Sheepway on Saturday. Yeah. All right, so second level in the Pradco pyramid of power. Kay. Tennessee. I mean, you, 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 I mean that, that was the debate. Who should be on the top? Who should be second? So Tennessee goes on the second shelf with Auburn. With Auburn. We'll okay. talk about that. Net ranking number two for Tennessee right now, 12-2. and When did you say it's February 15th or somewhere in there, somewhere mid-February when those two play? Tennessee hosts Bama. You yeah. should go to that game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, yeah, that's when well, I guess maybe ultimately decide. These they teams play twice. Lose. They play twice. But uh, that, that's – that's where I got Tennessee. I've got Auburn because I struggle with really the, the collection of the next four teams. So I've got Auburn ahead of that because I got Arkansas, Missouri, and A&M on the bottom three. And when you just kind of look at standings, overall records, it's early in league play. It's it's really it's hard to take a fair look, but that's, that's where I'm at. Arkansas is the third highest ranked team in net rankings in the SEC right now. It's 16. Auburn's at 33. Missouri's at 32. A&M's at 83, but right now they're, they have not lost an SEC game, and they're 10 and, uh, 10 and 5 on the year. You got Mississippi State, who's 43rd in the net rankings, Kentucky at 45. There's going to be a lot of movement on that bottom shelf, but I have a problem putting Missouri ahead of Arkansas. I have a problem putting Arkansas maybe where they rightfully belong ahead on that second shelf ahead of Auburn when you just lost yeah, you, to yeah. Auburn in their building. Yeah. You just saw that happen. So that's kind of where I'm at. I've got Bama on top, Tennessee and Auburn on Tier 2, Arkansas, Missouri, A&M on Tier 3, and I don't feel great about A&M there. No. But there's a who are the other suspects we could put in there? You could talk about LSU. You could talk about Georgia. You could talk about LSU. You could talk about a, a number of teams that, that would go in there. You go and you look at, you know, you, you look at the net rankings right now. Any guess on where LSU's at in net rankings? So I have a hard problem putting them there, even though they got a, what a 12 and three record or whatever, whatever their overall record is. So, you know, they, Florida they could Arkansas. be in that conversation, but they're not there right now. The, the, stand, the problem is we're two or three games in to the SEC standings. This will shake itself out. But what's clear is who's at the top. Well, Tennessee's clear number two. The, I, I wouldn't even put them next to Auburn, mainly because Bruce Pearl's there. Uh, <laughs> don't want anything to do with that. But Tennessee, obviously, they, they won their uh, tournament, beat Kansas. Uh, one of their losses was at Arizona, which I think still ranked in the top ten. 
their bad loss was Colorado, who was just coming off a loss to Grambling. So that's kind of the black eye Tennessee has. I mean, that they won. I think they beat South Carolina by 44, and they beat Mississippi State by 30-something. I mean, they're, they're fortunate. They've started off the SEC with a very weak schedule, but they won two road games. They're they're putting people to bed early, and, uh, you know, they're, they're a veteran team. Barnes, you know, recruits a little different. He's looking for four-year players. You've got like guys like Vescovy and Zakai Ziegler that are going to be around or have been around, you know, and then you always seem to have a four- or five-star that can uh, fill it up. Auburn is, you know, you saw what they did. They'll D you the whole floor. If you don't shoot well, uh, like Arkansas did another night, if you can't hit uh, perimeter shots or mid-range jumpers, if you're clanking it, that they're a problem because they get in transition and they're a fast team, very athletic, and that place is just a tough place to play. When they redesign that uh, gym, uh, they got about 9,000 people right on top of you, and it's loud. 27 straight wins for Pearl yeah. in there. Yeah. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. So I, I – I feel better about having them on the second shelf after uh, you know, all that point. Does the SEC have a net rankings problem? Because there's only five teams in the top 40. And you look at the product on the floor, boy, it appears to be a better league top to bottom. But And I know it's early in the in the calculus of the net rankings. I don't want to get too carried away with polls and, and rankings because the eye test looks pretty good. But well, when you look down the list of where teams are ranked and teams you think are going to make the tournament – they got a long ways to go. It's 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 all about who wanted to play non-conference schedule right. against good teams. Arkansas did, Auburn did, Alabama did, Tennessee did, and I think Missouri played a couple of decent non-conference games. They're probably the biggest surprise this year. But uh, you look at the rest of the league, I don't think they played in any impressive non-conference tournaments. They didn't go on the road. They didn't play any neutral site games against big-name opponents. And those other the teams you have at the top of the Pratico Pyramid of Power, I like saying that, yeah, uh, did got a ring to it, doesn't and, it? And, and you know, if even if you lose a couple of games like that, I think it matters uh, when it comes tournament selection time. But you know, if you play Oral Roberts and Wichita State, you're just you're just not going to get any credit for that anymore. At Gates and Akbahan at LSU, I, I would think not. Again, I didn't see Missouri's. So I know that LSU had a really light non-conference schedule. They're just trying to get acclimated as first-year coaches in this league, so they got to prepare for that. The good thing is Arkansas didn't have a great non-conference schedule last year. They did this year. So while some of you may say, well, man, we're not doing as much of a conference. Tommy, what did you say they are in net rankings again, the Razorbacks? Uh, net uh, ranking is 16. Yeah. There's, a, there's a clear separation when you look at, at the SEC alone. You've got... Tennessee at two, you got Alabama at six, Arkansas mm-hmm. at sixteen, and then there's a a pretty good gap till you get in the thirties. And so you have an, another quad one opportunity. You've had a few of those, and, and I'm not sure how you drop, how far you drop, even with a loss. Yeah, Arkansas again is the highest that they've been to this point in net rankings wise, and that's kind of attributed to the non conference schedule they played. This is going to be the interesting thing. Hang on, what, what, what did you just say? Arkansas's what? Net rankings wise, at this point of the season, a week ago, two weeks ago, is the highest that they've been. Yeah, they were ten. So yeah, yeah. and that's and I think that's important when we're talking about seeding right. later down the stretch. Assuming Arkansas goes on a run, which Musk, by the way, said yesterday is not a guarantee. He wants to. He was very clear about that, but I think that's also important to mention. Here's this is going to be one of the best stories in the SEC is Kentucky, which is allegedly. At full strength, you know, you got Sheboy coming back to player of the year. You know, are they going to be able to go better than 500 
in SEC play. You know, they're going to play Tennessee twice. They're going to play Arkansas twice. They got to play Auburn. I mean, they're going to play, you know, at LSU. Are they, are they going to be able to go better than 500? Because at 10 and 5, if you go 500 the rest of the way, you're five games above 500, and then you're going to be in a situation where you have to win the SEC tournament just to get in the NCAA tournament. I mean, are they in trouble right now? Let's, let's talk about Kentucky for a sec. So I'm sure you saw the report from Travis Barnum of 24-7 Sports that he thinks there's possibly interest between Cal going to the what assumed to be the vacated and open Texas job. Now, of course, they're going to say what they usually say. Crystal Conte said we haven't contacted Cal. Cal's going to say we haven't been contacted or whatever. What do you think about that possibility of Cal saying, see you, Lexington, I'm going to Austin? Well, I mean, I, I mean the way he's... You look at Cal recently. He had the terrible record a few years ago. Went what eight and twenty or whatever. I heard he got booed some at the Blue White game this year. He has a riff with uh, Kentucky football. You know, he made some kind of not so popular comments. And Kentucky football, you know, while it is a basketball school, they're starting to like him. Some Mark Stoops, and they like being around the top ten from time to time, uh, like they have been the last five six years. So, uh. I think if Calipari lays an egg this year, uh, it might be self-preservation for him to go ahead and take another job. I, I think the shine's kind of wearing off over there. I know it's early, but in, in, any guesses on Kentucky's? I know it's early in the schedule, but any guesses on Kentucky's quad one record at this point? One and because they who they beat at home, they beat L, L, no that LSU wouldn't even have been one. Over one and seven. Over four. Over four. Yeah. The reason, no, that, and that's, that's why. Shocking. Yeah, I mean, you got to win the big games at Kentucky. You know that that that's the that's well, the whole. If deal. they didn't make the, if they don't make the tournament this year, like Arkansas, two and two, by the way, in that category and quad one opportunity Wednesday, Vanderbilt on the road is right now one nineteen. They will not be. So that's a that's a that's a loss you must avoid from from a rate net ranking standpoint. I mean, you got to think about this, Bruce. If if how you just set it up plays out for Kentucky, and they somehow, some way, don't make the tournament. They haven't won a tournament game. In, that would be what four or five years. Yeah. I mean, you get bounced well, they by won some NIT games. I mean, they were. I heard they were tournament. cheering that. The Alabama student section was cheering that during the, IT, the Alabama yeah. Kentucky game. That was great. So, I mean, that's like that's unacceptable in Lexington. Oh, it's worse than that. So, all right, how do we feel about it? The very first. Pradco Pyramid of Power. I like the name. I love the name. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think you got it right. I think copyright that. I think, Al, I think Alabama is one. I mean, obviously, I put Tennessee one A, but A and is probably the only one. Just what little I've seen of them, I've not been impressed. I mean, LSU does have the win over Arkansas, and LSU's a. I, I'd be more scared to go play a game at LSU than A and M. I just think they have a decided home court advantage. But you know, I'm not going to argue about the last. Uh, selection we we got several more weeks yeah. to go and it'll all settle out but not impressed with either mississippi school uh haven't been impressed with a&m haven't been impressed with kentucky i probably put lsu there but outside of that i think you got it all right by next week we'll have the uh the hundred thousand dollar pyramid music dick clark there you the, go. Whole, the whole the whole schmear uh by next tuesday can uh, you hum that huh that's the one you're talking about right i guess so yeah i don't know Okay. We, what's that app where you? Uh, uh, I mean, if, if you, you find out know, what the song Shazam. is, listen. If you need yeah. to know anything, I don't know, if, I don't know if Shazam would have picked that up. Probably not. If you need to know anything about game show music hosting, Derek Ruskin's your guy. 
Okay. He he is the uh, the game show savant around here. He he knows all about old school uh, game shows, so he, he he can help us with that. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. With 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the gang and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So I saw they're giving something unique away tomorrow night at Bud Wall Arena. The first 4,000 fans get a mini Bud Wall Arena statue. That's awesome. If you haven't seen the picture yet, y'all, I know that's not the only reason to go. It's top five. Game you're going to see, I say top five. Bama's number four in the country. You're, I think, 13, 14, whatever you came out in the AP poll, maybe 15 yesterday. It's top 25 matchup, but Tommy, do you see that mini Bud Walton Arena statue they're giving away to the first 4,000 fans? I, I didn't see the picture. I saw that uh, they were going to do that. I don't know that I'm going to get there in line. Maybe I'll get one, but uh, I don't know that I'm going to arrive that early. I don't know. Will it be an early arriving or a late arriving cr- a crowd with a 6 o'clock start? That's a good question. I always... I'd like you know, to get there early enough to get one of those, but work. There could be a lot of people doing old man dinner. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I need a four thirty reservation <laughs> to get over quick. Maybe four o'clock. May have to go eat uh, at four. This is the uh, the first time since ninety five that you played back to back to back rank opponents. Good stat from Hodstat and Jay Billis. First time in Fayetteville. He was talking to Mal. He wants to go. Tommy, he's getting that wish tomorrow. Night. Are you a Billis fan? He's been on the show. I mean, I Jay, Jay's very steadfast in his beliefs. And that turns some people off, some people on. I mean, he's it's kind of like Herbie. He's kind of he's been a mainstay for ESPN and the college basketball side of things. Herbie for college football for a while. You kind of said it like you don't like him, based on the way you just moved I'm around. Not, I'm just not a big Billis fan because he's a Duke guy. And I, I get that. I mean, I hate, uh, that's probably the referee. I, I hate I hate Duke. Why? Because he criticizes officials. A well. Lot. He, and and with all due respect, a lot of things he says about it, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So uh, you should just, educate just, him. Then he just he just rubs me the wrong way. Zach so, or Derek, but he's negative about a lot of things, and it, 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 I don't know. It just it, he, he's got a lot of grit to him. I admire that he, like you said, he does stick to his guns and he doesn't he doesn't waffle very mm-hmm. much. So I I always like when someone hasn't been to Fayetteville and then gets to experience it the first time. I think there's other aspects that you're speaking to that a lot of people on the program would agree with. But when someone, I always get excited when someone's excited to come to Fayetteville for the first well, time. And that's where I'm coming from. But he's not Dick Vitale. When Dick Vitale came to Fayetteville, it was an event. Dick Vitale was a bigger deal. What was that? Three or four years ago. You weren't even on the morning show then. You were still doing halftime. Y'all had him on the air. Mm-hmm. And... Well, people hated that we had him on the air. 
and I don't get that, but, but but that was that. But when the fans showed up, that was what they wanted. They everybody wanted their picture with Dickie V that day. It was a bigger deal than the game. Bill, it's not so much. He's not. He's not as uh, Dick Vitale. Has, still, for all the other stuff, he he's still the guy that can draw people to. Uh, he makes it an event. It's like game day at your football stadium. Dickie V is one of those guys that you trash on social media and much your buddies. Then when you actually see him, you want to get a picture with him. I guess that's like a lot of people on social mm-hmm. media, but I remember how fans were IRA because he may, what he basically said was, well, the reason this is going to be a big game is because Kentucky's coming to town. No, 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 Dick. <laughs> the reason it's going to be a big game is because we have the best home arena in the SEC and probably top two in all of college basketball. And I think he saw firsthand, even in a loss, that Bud Wallen's a crazy place to play. Ticket renewal starts today for football. Is that right? I haven't gotten that emailed just yet. Maybe I need to check on that, but I know that was going to start this Most week. important thing is when the deadline is. Yeah. Which not, is not, when, not when it begins, but when, there was an email. I read it this morning where you're going to get some bonus points uh, for renewing early and paying early. Okay. They want your money up front. Now, now please. So you got a home schedule of SEC-wise Missouri – Mississippi State, Auburn, BYU for non-con, and I think one or two other cupcakes that you get at home. Is that appetizing, he asked, question mark? Well, I don't – your schedule's part of it, obviously, but I think the 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 bigger thing is do people do people go into this offseason, into this renewal period, believing you're going to be an 8, 9, 10-win football team somewhere in there? I think that's why people buy tickets. Yes, they want to see good opponents, but they want to see a football team that's relevant. Mm-hmm. What What's the pulse of the fan base right now? Do we have a feel for how you're gauging next year? I, to me, I don't have a feel for that next year's team yet because it's not complete. And I, you're probably going to have to make a decision on where and if you're see, sitting somewhere in that stadium before you even know what the roster looks like completely. I think that Tesla kid's coming in at 10 o'clock today. Arkansas fans would be really excited if he decided to become a Razorback. There's some other transfers that you would love to see commit and ultimately sign with the Razorbacks, but I tend to agree with you. You've got to kind of wait, not just through this early signing period, which ends in about a week from now, but also after spring when they add some more players and we see who else leaves too. The excitement for your team sells more tickets than the opponents on your schedule. I believe that. Excitement for you. Yeah, I, I would if you're excited it. about your team, you're excited about your coach, you're excited about your quarterback, that sells more tickets than... I mean, we, we've gotten accustomed to playing Alabama, LSU, you know, the, the, the myriad of, you know, when you throw a Texas on there or someone like that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that doesn't hurt. But I don't know that people bought tickets last year because Cincinnati was on your schedule. I just think it was appetizing and appealing when you had LSU, Bama, Cincinnati, Bobby Petrino, even Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. That's That was what was my – there's a difference between last year's schedule and this year mm-hmm. terms or in terms of – but it's um, the every other year schedule. That's yeah. what happens in the odd mm-hmm. years. Yep, and you're the home team this year for Arlington, so you lose an SEC mm-hmm. home game this year. Uh, former quarterback Malik Hornsby has decided to go to Texas State. That's where he committed. And also Jalen Catalan is heading to Texas, to Austin. You made a good point earlier. It's better than an SEC school or school that's on your schedule because even though we don't like the Texas idea, which I wasn't too fond of, it's still better than him going up and you have to face him at some point next season. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but I mean, I know we're programmed. It's in our DNA to hate Texas. 
but I'd rather him be, like I said, I'd rather him be in Austin than College Station. I'd rather him be in Austin than, than Baton Rouge. I'd rather him be in Austin than Oxford. So, uh, you know, but I just hope he can stay healthy and play. I mean, that's, that's obviously been the issue in Fayetteville, and he just needs a fresh start somewhere else. He is a Texas kid, Mansfield, so not surprising he ends up there. That's going to do it for your Hog Update. It's brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. All right, Tom Murphy's going to join us shortly coming up. I want to ask you real quick, what do you think about Arkansas fans' opinion of Nick Smith Jr. as of late? I saw Kamani Johnson put this out talking about the brotherhood that he and the rest of the team share with Nick. How do you think Arkansas fans have handled this whole situation regarding the number one player in the country and the fact that he hasn't played a lot this season? Disappointment. I mean, that's what I hear more. It's just disappointing that what could have been, what might have been, and right now I'm of the opinion that it won't happen. That way I'm pleasantly surprised if he does get back on the floor. I don't don't see a lot of posts or people out there thrashing or trashing Nick Smith. I think people are disappointed he's not playing and it hadn't panned out the way we all expected. I'm just resigned to the fact he's not going to play again. And then if he does, it's a pleasant surprise. So you're happy hedging, if you will? kind of. No, like, I mean, I'm just taking appropriate measures, if you will. I think, uh, so for example, we've got the NFL playoffs this weekend. I have friends that are Jags fans, they're Chargers fans, they're Cowboys fans. Every single one of them are betting on the other team. Well, <laughs> so just in case... They are disappointed. They at least get a little monetary value out of that. All right, hour number three coming up. Tom Murphy's going to join us, get his thoughts on a variety of things, including the national championship last night, the Cal to Texas rumors, and a whole lot more coming up. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. It was all Georgia last night in a thrashing defeat of the TCU Horn Frogs. Not a game whatsoever. As the SEC proves once again it's the best conference in college football. Tom Murphy's going to join us coming up. We'll get his reaction to that as well. And in all your calls and texts at 877-377-6963. Hey, I want to talk to you about our friends at World of Wireless. They provide a lot of home services, including great internet service. They provide great dish satellite service. Uh, home automation. They're also now providing central vac and vacuum repair service. Uh, if you're in the River Valley, you remember Fort Smith Vacuum had the big gorilla out front. Now those services are available at World of Wireless at uh, the corner, right at the light next door to Frank Roll Furniture in Barley. 
uh, or you can call 877-305-DISH. If you've got a vacuum cleaner at home that you want repaired, to do belts, hoses, those kind of things to, uh, to make it work right, stopped up won't work, or you have a central vac system in your home that's not acting right, they can repair and fix all of those things for you. 877-305-DISH is the number. They're stopping at World of Wireless right at the light next door to Frank Row Furniture in Barley. Tom's going to join us coming up. First, let's talk to Charlie, who's in Camden. Charlie, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Good, mo- <clears throat> Good morning, guys. Uh, you know, I was thinking about how nervous I'm going to be tomorrow night. I don't know if it's just me or it's just – I think that this game is so big for us, and I'm not saying that if we lose, the season's over. I don't mean it that way, but can you guys hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not saying that if we lose tomorrow, the season is over, but I think that it's such a game that's still going to be no, it's going to be so nerve wracking for me because I know that we're at home and we, we need to find a way to protect home court. I know, I know Alabama's a great team. I get all that. I don't, I don't, we don't need to talk about that. We already know that. I just hope we find a way. I don't care what the score is, if it's a grinder game or if it's a, in the 70s or whatever it is. We just got to find a way. And, guys, I was thinking about last year's team. We real quick here. The, the thing is, last year's team did have that we don't have right now. You talk about a Jay Will who can step up in big moments and make a big three as a big man. And, of course, with losing Brazil, I mean, you don't have that anymore. And all the things Jay Will did, his experience and all that, and then JD Note, I know everybody and probably make much his hair turn gray a little bit. I mean, he could create his own shot and get any shot he wanted. Now sometimes it wasn't the greatest shot, but it, it just undermines, you know, what, how great JD was. And then Stanley Amude, what he could do in the mid post and then make that timely three. So hopefully, you know, we continue to figure some things out. I'm hoping Nick comes back because, um, I'm not going to bet on it, but I'm hoping. It happens. I think that gives us the best chance to make a deep run. You're but anyway, you know, you're better with him than yeah. without him. I mean, there's a reason he's projected what his highest fourth in some draft. No doubt draft. about it. I mean, uh, Charlie, thanks for the call. But I mean, thanks. You know, no one's going to sit here and say, "Well, this team's better off without Nick Smith." I mean, no one in the right mind would say that. But there also is if if, and that's a huge if, capital bold letters. If he comes back, there's a reacclimation period too. Don't yeah. expect him to just roll into a lineup mm-hmm. and everything just be smooth right you know right from the jump that wouldn't that wouldn't be a, um, a reasonable thought either we've seen that story already this year and last point before we get to tom so on on the subject of Jalen williams and i don't want to dismiss what you said about jd note because he was instrumental in that elite eight run last year if you go back to the biggest wins that arkansas had Jalen played a pivotal role in that kentucky when there was a sequence he had like eight straight points down the stretch against the Wildcats. He hit the game-time basket against Auburn. He hit a clutch three with like four minutes to go against Gonzaga to put them up eight. If you look at each and every game that they won, that was a big-time win last year. Jalen Williams was a huge... He didn't always show up with 20-plus points or whatever, but he always had that one or two key buckets, rebounds, steals, whatever the case may be. That kid's IQ was unbelievable. Arkansas basketball was better off for it. Let's welcome in Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports this morning. Tom, I uh, I want to start with the game last night, and I want to go immediately to the set. I was cracking up. David Pollock's in there talking about how Georgia has kind of taken over college football. Nick Saban is sitting right next to him on set. How unique was it last night to see Saban kind of sit there and really have to sit through 
his his old I mean his old de- defensive coordinator winning back to back national championships. Well, um, pretty wild, and somebody zoomed in on Saban's face and did a still shot of it <laughs> while while Pollock was talking. <laughs> he had this stare stare about him. I mean. You know, hey, when LSU won it in twenty nineteen, they were very motivated. They'll they'll be very motivated that Kirby has now, you know, exceeded him in, in the here and now. I, I mean, Kirby has a long way to go to reach the you know, the legacy name that Nick Saban has. But you know, it's it's comparable to um uh, on a different level, um, John Calipari right now right now. You know, they, they just looked outclassed against Bama the other day and um you wonder if you know his his prime has passed, and uh, I, I I don't think so on Alabama because they're continuing to recruit very well, and they were right on the brink again this year. I want to ask you about Kirby Smart because you just kind of ended there. Dabo Sweeney, we know, has won multiple national championships, been to multiple college football playoffs, but this year they kind of went backwards a little bit relative to Clemson's expectations. Why do you think Kirby Smart is trending more towards Nick Saban than he would be Dabo Sweeney? Um, they recruited very well. And if you just look at how many big guys they got, I mean, that, this is Sam Pittman's kind of blueprint. You get big guys, and big guys wear down littler guys. So it's trying to be across the board. Um, uh, if Arkansas had, I mean, you looked at the size of some of those offensive tackles and defensive tackles. Georgia just has numbers of them. And uh, you live in Arkansas, they have some big guys, and they're trying to continue to get bigger ones. But Rocket Sanders, he's bigger than the average tailback. K.J. Jefferson, bigger than the average quarterback. And and the receivers they brought in last year, Landers, Hazelwood, these are bigger, taller guys. And so that's kind of what Georgia's M.O. is, and they're not going to back away from it. And I think – on the whole, if you compare Georgia's roster to Clemson's roster over the last five years, you're you're seeing bigger guys at Georgia. You know, everyone's got this idea, Tom, that we expand the playoff, we get 12 teams in there. By golly, we're going to see someone other than the SEC at the top. And I, I, I'm just more convinced now than ever, particularly after watching last night in the semifinals, you're going to get more SEC teams on that 12-team bracket. And I think you're going to see a, a year, and it won't take long, or you perhaps could have, if it, if it works out right in the in the seating, four SEC teams or three of the four in the semifinals. I don't think the dominance of the SEC is going to be diminished with a 12-team playoff, and I think last night's another argument in the, in the favor of that. Yeah, that's a really good point, um, and I, I can't argue against it because uh, you could make a case where Tennessee and Alabama, you know, if they get the right pairings and they're healthy enough that mm-hmm. they could have, if you if you put this year onto a 12-team playoff, you could see where Tennessee and Alabama could have been, you know, right there in the mix. I don't know if there's anybody else I would I would make the case for, but but that would have been probably for your final eight, you know, as long as they're not paired yeah. up against each other and things like that. And LSU would have been somewhere on that bracket would have been my guess as well. So you know, yeah. the idea that they're you know that you're going to limit the SEC, I think is is far fetched and shows you a little bit of the gap. Um, that we saw last night. So, you know, we've been talking about some of the math and the roster and, we, you know, players coming and going and, um, you know, there's a late portal period that'll come up. What, what do you, how do you answer when people are, are questioning you about the roster and where things are at right now? And 
the hope for next year, the excitement for next year. Season ticket renewals begin right now. Where is the hope? Where is the excitement uh, for the 23 season in your mind? Well, you do start with a, a pretty good roster of returnees, including the two guys I just mentioned, the tailback and quarterback. And then you supplement yourself at receiver. And I do think that some of the younger guys uh, are going to grow into bigger roles. Steven, Satania, um, Jaden Wilson, some of these other guys who did some stuff in the bowl game. Um, but you do have to supplement at, at linebacker. I mean, like, I would feel pretty confident if I'm Arkansas going into a season with Pooh Paul and Jordan Crook as my starters, but you gotta you gotta have some other guys who can who can supplement. So you have to add there, you have to add receiver. Uh, I, I think I counted up nine DBs have gone into the transfer portal, so you certainly have to replenish at that position as well. So um, I think the excitement might be from there are returners on the O line. You have a very productive quarterback tailback. Um, you got linebackers who you know should be the leaders on your team. Um, Hopefully Zach Williams will return and he'll pair with um, uh, some other D linemen who are coming back, Eric Gregory and so on, Deshaun Stewart. Uh, it hurts that you lost Jordan Dominic when it looked like he might come back based on his seven and a half sacks. Uh, but you need you need just more more bodies in the secondary to you know pair with the Hudson Clarks and hopefully McLaughlin, uh, Chavis and and Quincy McAdoo who really came on. I mean if you could get a couple of three Quincy McAdoo's out of this next <laughs> class and supplement yeah. supplement with the the you know transfer talent, then yeah, you have the makings of a good roster. Well, I think that's the greatest area of need because it's probably also the greatest area of disappointment. Some of that has to do with Catalan's injury, but there's probably no no greater area that you uh, felt fell short of expectations this past year than Arkansas's pass defense and its secondary. Yeah, um, it was a, a point of uh, contention or, you know, a, a, a weak area, to be honest. You expected and more. So. You did. Uh, and here's the thing. They, they determined, and I think rightly so, they had to pressure quarterbacks more. So they got 42 sacks. But after how many of those 42 did the opposing team complete a second and long, third and long, and continue their drive? Um, so they've got to they've got to combine being able to pressure and stack quarterbacks with getting that third down PBU or some other kind of stop or forcing the quarterback into a, another bad throw so you can get off the field. And you know that's where Travis Williams he's got to earn his money next year. Is he, he's got to find a way to pair what talent Arkansas has with a scheme that will allow them to get off the field more. And I, I don't think the trends in offensive football are. Going away, I mean, you look at the Tennessees. I mean, Arkansas and Ole Miss run very, very productive offenses. It's going to be fun to see what Mississippi State comes up with uh, after the air raid. But these offenses, they're hard to, to keep down. And, you know, Georgia, they're, they're more of the, um, I don't know, I don't say vanilla, not quite as explosive, but still they were explosive last night and they – they did a great job of using motions and TCU's pursuit against them um, with the misdirection stuff and, and running motion or the flow of the play in one direction and going the other way and just tore TCU up with that. So, Tom, that's the final college football game of the season. We do have some NFL games still to watch. Playoffs start this weekend. Who do you think the best quarterback in the upcoming NFL playoffs is? Oh, Wow. Um, you know, 
It's funny, um, side note, that stat last night, that Stetson Bennett is older than these quarterbacks. Yep. And it was like Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones. It Tua. was like five, five, Tua, five starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, so uh, Justin Herbert was one of those. But um, I don't know. I, I'm, Pat Mahomes has been doing it for a while. I'll, I'll go with him. Um, but there's a lot of up-and-comers like Hurts. And, you know, I'm not an Eagles fan, but I do want to see Hurts healthy. To, to go into these playoffs. Um, and, you know, I'd like to see a little revival from Dak, to be honest with you. We got a lot of Cowboys fans and friends around here that, you know, maybe it's a good time to see Dallas make another run. And they'll play Tampa Bay on the road Monday night football. Tommy, I was talking to my roommate. He's he's dreading that he has to wait till Monday night to watch well, the Cowboys. He wish he could just get it over with on Saturday or Sunday. I mean, they haven't done it in 30 years, when a, when a playoff game on the road. So I don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we deal hope and we, hope, we get hopeful, Tom, but... I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting uh, the Cowboys to be around next weekend. Yeah, well, and how can I leave off Tom Brady? I, he, he's the goat. He, he may be playing a little bit past his prime for sure, but I don't think it's right that Tampa Bay gets a home game out of it when they we we beat beat Brady for the first time on Sunday. Thank you very much. And um, but they're nine and eight or whatever their record is, and they get a home playoff game over the Cowboys. But <laughs> hey, I'm not counting the Cowboys out. The Bucks certainly have some flaws you know it felt like the commanders won their bowl game that, that that's what it felt like was a six and six arkansas team that won at the liberty bowl that that, it, that same feeling has to be what commanders fans feel after beating the cowboys the way they did uh on sunday that was uh i think there's a lot of teams then you saw a lot of movement yesterday with head coaches i guess cliff kingsbury is probably amongst one of the the headlines lovey smith gone i mean it's they always what do they call it black monday or whatever where i mean it is a uh it's an ugly day in a, in a lot of the front offices and the coaching offices. Yeah, and I'm, I just wonder what the Houston Texans are up to when you fire coaches back-to-back years after one season. just speaks to, and you know, under O'Brien, that was a pretty successful organization for several years running. So I don't know. The NFL, um, I, I've ceased trying to figure out what, you know, what, they, what their motivations are and all that, and the finances just blow me away. So... Yeah, there was a whole lot of coaching changes, and um, just I'm just trying to see how my Falcons could have got one or two more wins, and we would have won the division, and we'd be hosting the Cowboys on Sunday. Tom, two more basketball questions before we let you go. Tomorrow night, Arkansas welcomes in a top five team in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tommy has them as the number one team in the SEC. Do you expect Arkansas to win against the Crimson Tide tomorrow night? Well, I expect him to be in the game and have a chance to win. Uh, I did watch and then listen to the basically the entirety of that Alabama game, and they just never let up. Um, and to hear Nate Oates talk, you know, and I wrote about it in today's um, SEC report in the paper, Nick Saban was in the stands, and the mentality was we wanted to, to make them want to quit. And that's the way Nick Saban – is at football, and I remember from his introductory press conference at Alabama, that's what he said. We want to make the other opponent not want to play us anymore. And uh, they they put the, the hammer down on Kentucky. And they're, they still do a lot of three-point shooting, but, man, they have tall guards. They run a lot of stuff where they get lobs at the back, basket. Bediaco did a lot of that. And they bring – I think Quinterly's coming off the bench now, and what a spark he is. Um, they never let up, and they are going to be tough to defeat. But I think it starts with defense for Arkansas, slowing them down a little. But Arkansas has got to figure out the half-court offense. And, and 
Eric Musselman was asked about being a better cutting team, and I think that's where it starts. You have to create uh, against good defensive teams like Auburn and Bama, back-to-back, you have to create better shots as opposed to the shot clock gets down to six or seven and some guy makes an individual move. Tom, that opponent they faced on Saturday was the Kentucky Wildcats. Cal's rumored right now to Texas from a couple different people. Do you think there's any mutual interest that he could end up in Austin? Well, what is he, 63? I mean, at Texas, do you want John Calipari next season? I mean, maybe he'd be revitalized. He He's certainly a very good coach. Um, um, I guess I could see that. Um, but Texas is a good team this year, and I think – this interim coach, um, they've lost one game under him. There's a chance he could he could uh, elevate himself into the title. I mean, uh, if the players are into what they're doing. But I don't know. That's that's a long way off, and who knows what – I don't even know what Cal's buyout numbers are other than the fact it's a lifetime contract. Quote. Yeah, lifetime. What, what does that mean, lifetime contract? I mean, <laughs> you know what it means? It means I, the I, AD gets fired eventually. That's what, probably what it means. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Kentucky will rebound. Um, it's funny that they finally get like a quote veteran team with with Sheway and um, um, Wheeler and some of these other guys and Toppin, and they they don't look like they're as good as um, the top quarter of the SEC. Uh, but I do I do suspect that they'll get better. And shooting has been an issue for them as well um, as, as it has been with Arkansas. Tom, we'll leave it there this morning, man. We'll talk more on Thursday about what they did on Wednesday night. Sounds good. Talk to y'all then. All right, good stuff from Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hog Sports. Did you see that still that he was talking about earlier of Saban when Pollock saying that Georgia's taking over college football? Looked like Saban wanted to kill him. It was, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. I mean, back to backs, you just beat Saban, then you demolish TCU. Now I think that that's going to motivate Alabama next year, but. I mean, I enjoy listening to Coach Saban when he's up on set with whether it's Herbie on college game day or whatever. He he knows what he's talking about. But anytime, really, like he, anytime he's there, you could just tell that he'd much rather be on the field. He's just sitting there like, yeah. I mean, you're the bridesmaid. I mean, on the TV set is the last place any coach wants to be, other than they're getting paid a little bit to be there. Which he's not worried about an extra. I don't even know what they get paid, if anything. It's, it's good recruiting fodder, if nothing else. But, um, you know, that's not where you want to be. You feel like you're the bridesmaid there. So, um, But I, I enjoy, I'm with you. I enjoy listening to what he has to say when they do have him on set. Speaking of next year, I'm at the Bet Saracen app right now. Clicked on football. Go to football futures. And the odds of winning the national championship next year in the 23-24 season are already out. And he... Care to guess who's at the top? Georgia's probably what three to one. Well, it, it's in uh, plus. Uh, it's in odds. So Georgia is at plus two seventy five, and is the odds on favored right now. Alabama's right behind them at plus five fifty. Guess is on third. Who who would be the third most likely team? Christian, you say Ohio State, Michigan. USC. Three and four. You're 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 not. You're you're both kind of right. Ohio State's at plus seven fifty. Michigan's at plus eight hundred. So that's very close in the odds. Clemson after that. So I mean, it's just. I mean, we're going down down the list of all the big names. 
This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.